We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is co-host TJ Inman. Uh, we're breaking down Indiana's 42-35 loss to Ohio State and previewing this week's game against 2-1 Maryland. Uh, TJ, it was a crazy game at the, at the horseshoe. A lot of eyes on IU as well. A lot of praise for IU from a lot of people who uh, – you know, normally don't get to watch IU games. Uh, but first, let's have a word from our sponsors over at Bet Online. Uh, football is in full effect. Uh, with many teams strutting their stuff, you might uh, not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you could get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to BetOnline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your sportsbook experts. Uh, well, TJ, it was uh, another close one against the top five team uh, for Indiana, but it didn't look that way in the first half. Um, and especially... After the first, uh, you know, couple minutes of the second half, Indiana fell behind 35-0. There was a chain of events at the end of the first half, beginning of the, the second half, where, you know, Indiana looked like it was going and going for a score to make it 21-14. David Ellis fumbles. Uh, Ohio State scores on the next possession, makes it 28-7. Uh, and then they take the opening kick, um, you know, the opening possession of the second half and score and make it 35-7. Uh, and that was, you know, too too large of a hill to climb. I, I think Indiana made too many mistakes on Saturday to to win, uh, but they did acquit themselves uh, well as a top ten team. I think they belong right uh, right up there with everybody else. They exposed a, you know, what people are calling a bad Ohio State secondary, uh, but you know, without a, a threat of a run game uh, and with Michael Penix having pressure in his face on every throw uh it seemed like they put up nearly 500 yards of offense um and 35 points and scared the bejesus out of ohio state what are your takeaways from the game on saturday uh yeah i think you you sum it up pretty nicely i think i you made too many mistakes to ultimately win the game but certainly have nothing to be ashamed of uh with the way that they you know, battled and, and fought to get themselves back into having a position to, you know, a, a final possession, albeit, you know, it was certainly a, a prayer uh, that needed answered for IU to score on the final possession. But still, they got the ball back down seven with a chance to do something. The more realistic hope was down seven with, I think it was about four 
25 left. Um, it just unable to get anything going. Um, Michael Penix gets sacked, forcing a punt uh, that I I didn't think Indiana would get the ball back, to be honest, uh, the way that Ohio State was running the ball. But um, really, I think you have to, one, be really happy with the passing attack uh, that has developed here after looking a little rusty at the start of the season. Uh, and at times against Michigan State as well, uh, Indiana really got that passing attack going. I think they got a lot of confidence, uh, you know, once they made a few big plays. Uh, I think the confidence was there from IU's coaching staff, from IU's receivers, and from Michael Penix that we can go after these guys. We can make plays on them. Uh, our outside guys are better than, you know, Ohio State's corners. I don't think it's a bad Ohio State secondary. I do think on a team as good as Ohio State is, uh, that is the weakness. Uh, I do think that, you know, Indiana perhaps has exposed uh, what could be a fatal flaw in Ohio State's championship aspirations because I'm sure that Ohio State uh, is aware that Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, you know, the teams that they consider themselves competing with this season – uh, those teams were watching what IU was doing and licking their chops uh, against what they could do against OSU's corners and safeties. That being said, uh, really balanced game from Ohio State's offense. They did a good job uh, when Justin Fields was, I think, somewhat rattled uh, by Indiana's blitz packages. Uh, I think the Hoosiers did a really good job keeping him out of rhythm, which is something we talked about before the game as a key. Indiana had to find a way to get Justin Fields out of his rhythm. And they did, uh, forcing three interceptions, which is something that I don't think anybody would have expected. It was a question whether or not IU could get him to throw one, and they forced him into three. Um, and I think a large part of that goes to you know credit to Kane Womack uh, for finding some creative bits, blitz packages to, to get fields out of sync. However, Ohio State adjusted and found their running game. You know, uh, they ran it and threw it. Uh, 13 first downs rushing, 13 first downs passing, ended up with 307 total rushing yards, averaging 6.1 yards a carry. Uh, and look, I don't think that's an indictment of Indiana's defense. A team with that many weapons, you have to give up something. Uh, and for the Hoosiers, I think that they ended up feeling more comfortable giving up some of those rushing yards as opposed to huge gains through the air. Um, and that, you know, there's, like I said, you have to give up something against a team that, that, that is that good. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, the standouts continue to be Michael Penix, and Ty Freifogel, who is just having a monster, monster few weeks. Uh, Freifogel looks like an All-American uh, here in these last few weeks and, and a, a Bolitnikoff, you know, potential winner if he can keep this up. Uh, so really encouraging things there. The yardage ends up 607 to 490, uh, and IU is right there in terms of yards per play, it was 7.3 to 7.6, but ultimately, you know, losing those three fumbles uh, and, and losing the turnover battle was just uh, too much for IU to, to overcome. But 
nothing to be ashamed of. And I agree with you. I think Indiana showed that they belong, you know, right there in that, that top 10, top 12 range. I think where they're ranked right now is, is very appropriate. I was glad to see they didn't have much of a drop off uh, after the defeat. Yeah. And, and the, you know, what, the, what I think hurt the most is not scoring off of those turnovers. Each of those turnovers, uh, set up in the except for the interception that was fumbled because that's a would have situation. Um, each of those other t- uh, interceptions set up Indiana, you know, from their own 45 and in. Um, you know, one was at the Ohio State 44, and then the Jamar Johnson pick that went uh, for fumble, I think would have been inside the red zone. So you had two fumbles inside the red zone that you lost. Um, and and Indiana came into the game scoring 51 points off their 12 turnovers. Uh, so it's, you knew that that pace wasn't going to keep up because that's a ridiculous pace, but to not score on any of those was an absolute killer. Um, but the fight in this team, this team could have rolled over at 35, seven and said, Hey, it's not our day. And, you know, gotten blown out, you know, Ohio state, if Indiana doesn't come back, uh, Ohio State probably puts 50 on them, at least, if not 60, because all the talk was Ohio. Does Ohio State have the schedule, especially with the game canceled against Maryland? Do they have the schedule to make the college football playoff? And the Big Ten, all those big, it, it's a let's face it, it's a down year in the Big Ten anyway, uh, with Penn State being 0 and 5 for the first time ever. Michigan's kind of struggling as well. Michigan State's rebuilding. Um, and Wisconsin loses to, to Northwestern. So it, it's one of those things of, you know, maybe, you know, if you put 60 or 70 points up on on IU, um, you, you get those Steve Spurrier-style points. But uh, IU fought back. They made it a game. And you're right, Ty Freifogel's looking like a uh, an All-American. He's the first Big Ten receiver ever to go back-to-back 200-yard games. Um, he's uh, back-to-back Big Ten <laughs> offensive players of the week uh, and things like that. But there are a lot. There's a lot to be concerned about um, about IU up front. They need Caleb Jones back, and that was evident. Luke Luke Haggard. Did well in pass protection, but at 270 pounds, you just can't open holes in the run game. And that's something that maybe in the offseason, Tom Allen has to look at. You know, maybe the scheme's not working. Maybe the recruiting's not working. Maybe the coaching's not working. Um, and because that's clearly the, the weak point, weak link in this team is the offensive line. Uh, and you saw, I think they, they rushed for negative one rushing yards, and that includes a 16-yard loss on a bad snap. Um, but if, even if you take that away, they ran for under 20 yards and you just, it's really tough to beat a top five team with nothing being one dimensional, uh, either running the ball yep. or, or passing the ball. Cause we saw it in 2014 when the Indiana had Tevin Coleman and they went in and, and ran all over Ohio state in 2014. Uh, so, and with no semblance of a passing game either with Sandra Diamant at quarterback, but it, it's, it's clearly the, the issue on this team. And, and, you know, maybe they're trying to be loyal to some of these older guys. Why not start some of these young guys? Um, you know, the, there, there's some talent there. 
uh, if they're not ready, that's an indictment on the coaching. Uh, you've got to get these guys ready. You'll have to have 10 guys ready to play. Uh, and they just haven't, haven't performed well at all. Uh, I, I think, you know, you know, maybe they're, you shuffle up the running back room a little bit. Uh, Samson James did have a couple of, uh, he had IU's best runs of the day. Uh, he went for three carries for 10 yards. But you saw yeah. it against, you know, against Michigan State. Tim Baldwin uh, could run outside. Uh, Samson James could get outside. And even when they ran Stevie Scott outside, but they just don't do that. Uh, and that's the right. part of the scheme and the part of the offense that I think fans are annoyed about. Um, and it's it's frustrating to see first down. And it's hard to pick up first downs when you're at second and nine and second and eight and behind the chains on every third down. So, you know, you look at S&P Plus coming out today and, and they're not favorable to Indiana at all because they're just not an efficient team. And they rely so much on, on Michael Penix's talent and his arm to make up those third and eights and third and sevens uh, that, you know, they, the numbers don't like Indiana when, you know, in the past the numbers have, uh, especially last year when they were more efficient. Uh, but let's put this game to bed, TJ. The uh, Hoosiers have Maryland coming in. Maryland's last two games got canceled. I'm really nervous that this game's going to get canceled too. Yeah. Um, you know, they, I don't know the exact numbers uh, that they have, um, but it seems like it's a significant number to cancel the two games. Uh, it seems like from a 247 report over at Maryland that it's like their offensive line, the running backs room, uh, and their defensive backs. Uh, that have been hit hardest. Uh, we just, I just hope everybody comes out of it okay. And I think Mike Loxley has also tested positive uh, for COVID. Yes. So, you know, we'll see. Um, I hope they play. I think Indiana needs to play. You've got to watch this, this Ohio State game out of your mouths before going to Wisconsin um, to play the Badgers. And then, you know, you get Purdue at home. Uh, what are your initial thoughts of this Maryland team? Yeah, one one additional point. You kind of touched on it on the running game. Uh, I think that the biggest issue that I have with it is that there has been a lack of creativity in the types of runs that we are seeing. Um, I would say that for the most part, and I don't have numbers on this, but it seems like roughly 80% of the carries are, you know, half back dives up the middle um we're seeing very little uh runs to the outside stretch plays anything that's attempting to get anybody um in space and i think that that is uh, probably my biggest frustration with the running game and you know that that does need to be figured out for sure uh first glance at maryland certainly an interesting team uh you know the first First game of the season, they get just their doors blown off by Northwestern. Um, I think that at the time, we thought, wow, Maryland's going to be terrible. However, much like we've seen in other you know, results, that didn't really tell us what we thought it did. Northwestern is very good. Turns out they are, they're 5-0 and uh, and have a, a really, really good defense, maybe the best in the conference. Um, their offense still, I don't, I'm not convinced by, but, uh, you know, 
really good defense. And they gave Maryland a lot of problems. Now, the Terrapins bounced back, won their next two, uh, including, you know, an impressive beatdown on Penn State, which, what does that mean? I don't know. So it's hard to make anything out of Maryland. Uh, here's what we know. We know that Talia Tagabailoa is an upgraded quarterback over what they've had in the past few years. Um, that's been Maryland's biggest Achilles heel when Indiana has played them is they're so one-dimensional because they didn't have a quarterback you felt threatened by. Uh, Tagabailoa, well, not his brother, he's doing very well, completing 68% of his passes, almost 68, uh, 770 yards. He has thrown four interceptions, but in addition to that, he also, you know, does offer somewhat of a running threat. Uh, he does have a 39-yard run on the season. And then Jake Funk has been a surprise at running back. Uh, he's not the, you know, majorly explosive runner that we've seen from their backs here recently, but uh, you know, he's averaging 7.8 yards a carry on 43 carries. It's a, a spread offense for sure. Um, they've got some explosive receivers, Dante Demas being uh, the best of the bunch, but also Jayshon Jones and Rakeem Jarrett, uh, good young receivers as well. Both of them have catches for over 60 yards. Uh, so it's, it's a big play offense, much like what Indiana has shown. Um, they're just a little bit better at running the ball because Jake Funk has been more effective than any of Indiana's running backs. Uh, the defense, I'm not near as convinced by. I do think Indiana's going to be able to, to move the ball on these guys. Uh, I think that they're secondary, particularly if uh, they've got some guys sitting out with COVID. I think that that's a, an area IU could have some really good success against, which is not a surprise. Um, the, the biggest thing for me is going to be, again, can Indiana's defense con continue to create the turnovers that we've seen them do? Uh, and then can I use offense do a better job of taking care of the ball? Because like we said, it was those turnovers, those mistakes, Indiana did not capitalize off of the ones they forced off Ohio state. And then they had some of their own in scoring territory, uh, that really ended up swinging that game. So I think that's going to be the biggest thing. Can I, you get back to taking care of the ball and then force turnovers that they can capitalize on from Maryland's point of view. Yeah, I am. Before I give my two cents on it, let's get another word from our friends over at bet online. Football is still back in uh, full effect at many teams scrutting their stuff. You might, uh, not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options <laughs> to wager than any place online. Head over to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, and, you know, you don't know which Maryland team is going to show up, especially with two weeks off. Um, you know, they did not play well against Northwestern, and Northwestern is, is not a lot of people have played well against Northwestern. Um, but it's been, you know, they, they lose 43-3 the three against Northwestern. I think uh, Tunga Vailoa threw three picks that game. Uh, they hang on in overtime to beat, Minnesota 45-44 uh, in a game where Minnesota was up, but they 
They couldn't put them away, and they, they eventually lost on a missed extra point. Uh, Penn State, uh, then they beat Penn State, who was 0-5, uh, and they lost, and they beat Penn State over their place, 35-19. Um, it's a, a little bit different of a Maryland team. You know, they're more balanced, as you said, uh, in the passing game, and it, it, it's not as reliant on the huge home run plays, but they could score from everywhere on the field. Uh, and we'll see what they could do with, with two weeks off, who's, who's mispracticed, uh, and, and things like that. So it'll be interesting for Indiana to, to see what Maryland team uh, shows, off, uh, shows up as well. On, on defense, they have 17 tackles for loss in three games, and it's led by Chance, uh, Chance Campbell, uh, junior linebacker. They've got a couple freshmen uh, in there as well as Anthony Booker on the defensive line with the one and a half tackles for loss. Ruben uh, Hippolyte with two tackles for loss. So they're a young team who's going to get better. Um, and Indiana's offensive line is going to have to do better. You cannot just let people come at, at Michael Panics like Ohio State did and, and, um, and expect to win. Uh, so to me, what Indiana has to do, if this game is played, uh, they should be able to run against Maryland. Uh, it's an offense that, or a defense that you should be able to, to run against them. Uh, they've, they're giving up, um, 4.9 yards per carry. They've given up 681 yards. So they're giving up 227 yards per game on the ground. This is a game where Indiana should break that 100-yard mark rushing. Uh, one of the rushers should. Uh, if you don't, it's you're probably going to lose because you're going to have Michael Penix throw the ball 50 times, and it's just not a. It's an that's an indictment of your run game for a team um, to go against a team who's averaging giving up an average of 227 yards, and you don't crack the 100 yard mark. It's a problem, uh, but that's that's what it's been all year. It's been a, a total wash on, on the running game. And then, you know, Maryland's also giving up 247 yards uh, in the air as well. So this Maryland defense is, is not great. This isn't, um, you know, the 85 bears coming down and it's not last year's Ohio state defense and, and things like that. Indiana should be able to score points and Indiana's defense is probably the second best defense that Maryland has faced all year outside of Northwestern. And they're probably Indiana's defense and Maryland and Northwestern's defense are probably even. So it's Indiana comes in as two touchdown favorites. I think it's a game that Indiana cruises to, but those certain things have to happen. You have to cash in on your turnovers. You have to, you have to establish a running game and protect Michael Penix. And you cannot let um, Tonga Vailoa and Jake Funk beat you uh, on the ground with their feet. Uh, because, you know, it, did, it happened a couple of years ago. They always break off these big runs. And for whatever reason, Maryland's offense against Tom Allen's defense has had success. Uh, he's, uh, Maryland has always given Tom Allen fits going back to 2016. 
uh, even with their quarterback troubles, even with running backs being out, they still managed to put up points and, and get those explosive plays. Now it's a different Indiana defense this year. Uh, they're, they're older, they're more mature, they're more confident, they're not falling for all the, the silly stuff that offenses do to move around, and they're catching the ball on defense. So if there's poor throws, it's going to get picked off. Um, what's your matchup to watch, TJ? Well, I think we know what to expect from Michael Penix and the Indiana passing game now. I feel like we know uh, more or less what to expect from the Indiana defense. I think those have developed into constants for the Hoosiers. So for me, the matchup to watch, since I'm comfortable with those aspects of it, is going to be Indiana's running game versus the Maryland defense. Uh, and you could – you know, you could push that both ways after Indiana got run on by Ohio State, which again, I think was a kind of a, a as a, I guess you'd say an outcome of how Indiana was choosing to attack uh, the Buckeyes offense and what they were willing to give up uh, in exchange for being able to rattle Justin Fields. Um, but still, you know, giving up 300 on the ground is giving up 300 on the ground. So, um I think you could push it both ways, but I'm primarily going to be focused on how does I use offense kind of fix this rushing attack, which to be honest has been poor the entirety of the season with the exception of a few drives here and there. Uh, so I think that that's for me, what I'm going to be looking at for the most part is can Indiana get that going uh, because they're going to need to run the ball somewhat successfully uh, to beat Maryland, Wisconsin and Purdue. Uh, that's you're, you're going to have to do that. The weather's not going to get any better here in the Midwest. You're going to have to get something from your running game. Yeah, that's a good matchup to watch. Mine is is tackling. Indiana had their poorest tackling effort against Ohio State. Now, listen, it was Justin Fields is a big dude to bring down, and and so is Master Teague. Yeah, but on the on the flip side, if you're missing tackles against Maryland, they're going to score touchdowns. Uh, you know, on, on a run that Master T gets 20 or 30 yards on, Jake Funk's going to take it into the end zone. And he's just a different back. Uh, Master T just didn't have that explosiveness um, that these Maryland running backs have. Keep the ball. They have to tackle well and keep the ball in, in front of them. Missed tackles are going to lead to, to big plays and big touchdowns for Maryland and keep them in this game. So it's my matchup to watch is Indiana's tackling against Maryland's um, offensive skill players uh keys to the game tj well i think it's going to be the the turnover battle uh the running game and to extend on the turnover battle what indiana does or what maryland does with any turnovers they get you mentioned earlier the points off turnovers and iu not cashing in against ohio state was a huge uh huge let up for the buckeyes when they did make mistakes that needs to, to improve and get back to what it was the rest of the season uh, for the Hoosiers. And then for me, the third one is going to be just Indiana's mentality coming off of a loss. I'm not worried about it at all. Uh, I think the Hoosiers have a very mature team, a very together team, uh, an incredibly well-coached group. So I'm not worried about the mentality. But, you know, Indiana coming off of a defeat for the first time, needing to handle some adversity for the first time this season, uh, outside of, you know, all the COVID stuff that, that they've had to deal with all year, uh, just like every program. 
But uh, and then Maryland on the other side, coming off of two weeks of, of you know, nothing. You know, they had that huge emotional high uh, winning at Penn State, which is a big, big win for their program. It means a lot to them to beat Penn State. And then you don't play Ohio State. It gets canceled. And then you don't play Michigan State. It gets canceled. And now there's uncertainty about this game. So the mental state uh, of both teams is going to be something to watch and, and, you know, how they respond early, uh, who's out there ready to, to play to win, and, you know, who doesn't look like they're ready for the game. Uh, so I think that those are the three things I'll be looking at. Um, and then, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and throw my prediction in here too. Uh, I'd like Indiana to, to win this one. Um, I do think Maryland's going to have some success on the offensive uh, side of the ball. But overall, I think Indiana's defense and passing game is able to make more plays and win this one. I'm going 38-24 Hoosiers over the Terrapins. Yeah, so my those are good keys to the game. Uh, my keys to the game are uh, along those lines. Uh, you know, after the big wins against Penn State and Michigan, Indiana has come out flat uh, the last couple games against Rutgers and Michigan State. Uh, now they've bounced back and performed well, so, but is there, especially with no fans in the stands, it's a, a bring-your-own-juice season, uh, and you're playing Maryland at home. So, you know, who's going to bring the juice for Indiana so that they get off to a fast start? Uh, so that's key number one, is get off to a fast start and get a lead, uh, because that's – you do not want to play from behind against Maryland. They'll shorten the game. Um, with running the ball uh, and things like that. It also, you, you, you want to have confidence. You, if you get a lead, then you can start establishing the run game or at least trying to establish the run game uh, and move your passing game to shorter passes um, that will substitute for, for a lack of a running game as well. Uh, key number two is, I'll go back to it, it's tackling. Can can you limit the big plays for Maryland uh, by tackling the ball carrier? They're going to put up yards. Uh, they're going to get theirs. But can can Indiana keep those five- and six-yard gains from becoming, you know, 20 and 30, 40, 50-yard yard gains and even touchdowns like that? Can they keep the ball in front of them, force Maryland into – to third downs and to throwing situations and get after Tunga Bailoa. He is a young quarterback. He hasn't played that much. Uh, and Indiana's defense is very complex. It took one of the best quarterbacks who had thrown three interceptions in his career, and he threw three interceptions against IU on Saturday. Um, and it's just get a lead. You could start unleashing players and things like that. And finally, um, get back to doing what you do best. And that's taking the ball away, scoring points off of t turnovers and taking care of the ball. Indiana cannot, cannot turn the ball over in the red zone uh, and expect to beat anybody. Um, yeah. It's a much improved Indiana team, a very good team, but even good teams can lose because of two fumbles in the red zone, not scoring points off of takeaways when you get the ball uh, inside you know, inside the, you know, from inside within 60 yards of, of the opponent's end zone three times. Uh, and then I, I think a bonus key to the game, 
you got to win the special teams battle. I think you have to do something on special teams. Um, yeah, Hayden Whitehead has been solid. Uh, Charles Campbell has been really solid outside of that miss against Michigan State. But your return game has to do something. And they fair caught a lot of the the kicks after uh, Jacoby Hewitt got blasted on that opening kickoff uh, by Ohio State. But you yeah. got to get – those are the hidden yards that make it easier for this offense to go. And you saw a little bit – Reese Taylor's given, given them a little bit in the punt return game, but they need a big kickoff return. Um, and that's that'll change the game, give a momentum. It fires up the team. They need something out of this kick return game. They have too many athletes not to be – have decent returns uh, when when they get a chance and, and things like that. Uh, my as far as my prediction, I'm going to go 42-24 TJ Indiana. Uh, I think Indiana's offensive passing game is too much for Maryland. Maryland will score. Uh, I think their offense is pretty good. Uh, but again, you've had two weeks off. Uh, who knows how you come out? Who knows how you know if your o-line is decimated by covid if your running back group is decimated by covid uh, who knows how many points you could score so that's you know it's kind of closing your eyes and throwing a dart on on predictions but we what we know is indiana's offense passing offense is at or near the top of the big 10 um their defense is very very good despite giving up 42 points to ohio state uh, and I think the combination of those holds Maryland to 28 and Indiana can put up – or 24, sorry. Um, and Indiana can put up six touchdowns. Uh, so that does it for today's show, TJ. Thanks uh, thanks for coming on. Have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. And hopefully there's a football game on Saturday. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And I uh, hope everyone, you know, stays safe during the – this rarest and oddest of holidays with uh you know most likely you won't be able to get together with the normal family that you that you do and um hope everyone you know takes care of themselves mentally and physically yep and finally one last word from our friends over at manscaped uh manscaped who is the best in men's below the belt grooming manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels uh, you could go to manscaped.com and get free shipping and 20% off with promo code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code armchair uh, and clean yourself up. Uh, well, that does it for today's podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. Indiana is scheduled to play Maryland on Saturday at noon on ESPN2 in Bloomington. Uh, we'll keep you updated throughout the week on the, any developments regarding, uh, you know, cancellations, if the game is on and things like that. We'll have you covered throughout the week as well. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Keep coming to HoosierHuddle.com uh, if you get sick of family uh, or want to hang out with other people. Um, keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle, and we will be back next week to break down the Maryland game and get ready for Indiana's trip up to a frigid, chilly Wisconsin in December. All right, that does it for today's show. Thanks for TJ for joining us today as well. Um, Have a pleasant week. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy turkey and food and football. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. 
Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.